This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up? Welcome in. This is the herd, wherever you may be and however you may be making this part of your day. Thanks so much. I'm Doug Gottlieb, in for Colin Cowherd. Live from Los Angeles, TireRack.com studios. Welcome in on a Labor Day Monday, where we celebrate your laborious nature with a day off. With uh, myself and my man Jay Stu as the exception. Hope you're having a great weekend. Hot in the Midwest. Pretty warm here out on the West Coast, and uh, no idea on the East Coast, but I'm guessing kind of fall is starting to arrive in some some places, especially uh, north of the Mason-Dixon. We have a weekend of college football in our back pocket to discuss, and we have opening weekend in the National Football League to look forward to. Matter of fact, we are T-minus three days away. T-minus three days away, right? Is it three days away or is it four days away? Or is it two days away? It's really hard to, because, right, if you go, like, Tuesday, Wednesday, then Thursday, that's is that two days away? Is that three days away? Is that four days away? It's a lot like, and again, you're going to date yourself. When somebody used to, used to pull over and ask for directions back before we swore that the phone and the computer or the gremlin in the phone was the absolute, and it's the easiest thing to play. Well, the computer sent me the wrong way, right? Like, you are no longer allowed to make decisions for yourself. But if you remember when you were younger, 
There was the old, do I pull over, ask for directions? And when you do, they go, hey, you go up to the sixth light here, you take a right. Like, okay. And you realize, do I count the first light or is that, is that a neutral light? Anyway, Thursday, the NFL season kicks off. Let's start with, which without any question is the story of the weekend. Primetime has arrived. And look, I, I get that if you are a neutral observer to the sports landscape, you probably felt like it was a lot. I, I'm on social media. I haven't been one who's been asked to tout the fact that Deion Sanders' Colorado Buffaloes were opening up their first couple of games on Fox, including the kickoff against TCU in Fort Worth this past weekend. But there was endless promotion of it. And at some point, you start to go, Oy. But to those of you who thought it was too much, I would only point out that sports radio mirrors old top 40 radio. Remember when you were a kid or you listened to Kiss FM in Los Angeles, you're like, man, how many, I was just saying, how many times can I listen to Borderline from Madonna? It just, it felt like it was on all the time, didn't it? Well, there's a, there's a reason to it. People are in and out of their cars of listening to radio. And so, yeah, it may feel like it's all the time on repeat because it kind of is. It's called play the hits. And then it's the idea of if you're not promoting yourself, who is? It's not like any of the other networks are going to go like, hey, hey, guys, we got some good college football games, but you should really turn over to Fox because they have Deion Sanders against TCU. Nonetheless, um, I think it's fair to say that was a surprising outcome. I, I, I have, we have no idea how good TCU is this year. Right? You could have made the case that last year they were very fortunate to have gotten to the college football playoff. Didn't win the Big 12 championship game, right? Had many a close call within the Big 12. But the fact is that we are, they were ranked, what, 17th in the country and what, three returning starters from last year. It's a whole new football team. But I don't say this to diminish what Colorado did. Colorado had 80 new players, 45 of which I believe are on scholarship as transfers. And they go into Fort Worth and light up TCU. And you can do the, oh, well, you know, TCU doesn't throw red zone interceptions. If ifs were fifths, We'd be drinking every day. Deion Sanders obviously has resurrected in terms of importance Colorado football, but I I can make the case that the story is so big, so transcendent, he brings positive attention to college football in a different part of the country, in a different way than has been done in the last 15 to 20 years. And while, look, when when I tweeted out earlier this weekend that he may have saved college football, of course, college football guy goes, it didn't need saving you, dope. It's been great. Again, it's not the people that love college football that are the problem. It's growing the sport to other parts of the country. The Western United States has been like, dude, we ain't really got in on this thing. Why are we even watching in the college football playoff? And with the, the expansion of a couple of leagues, it's really condensing the power. And so there are many communities that are like, yeah, kind of disillusioned. We're not going to be part of this thing anyway. So, so you may think college football is super, super healthy. I would tell you, not sure that was the case. And then Saturday, 
Colorado with one of the greatest football players we've ever seen. Just so we dial it back, like if you didn't see Deion Sanders play football, if you're if you're that young, don't worry. I'm not like talking down to you. I'm just kind of explaining. This is like trying to explain to somebody the greatness of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson that somehow get lost in the greatest of all time shuffle. Right? If you didn't see Deion Sanders, he was one of the most amazing players to ever put on a uniform. He's without any hesitation, one of the greatest kick and punt returners ever, even though he didn't do it for the life of his career. And I think unquestionably the best cover corner in the history of the league. He was that good. And he's had this mercurial kind of journey, right? On broadcast TV, on cable TV. He was a, he had his own prep school, which failed. Then he takes the Jackson State job. Now he takes a high major job at a place where one would think the only limiting factor for Colorado had been the ability to attract talent. Right? Colorado doesn't produce great football talent. And back in the day when <clears throat> Darian Hagan and Eric Bieniemy were starring for the Buffs, they used to take guys from elsewhere. Take guys from California. They used to recruit the hell out of California. Now the players are in Texas. You get Dion, who, of course, Texas is still kind of his quasi home. It all makes sense. But we're all liars if we thought they're going to go in and Shadur Sanders, his son, is going to throw for over 500 yards and they're going to beat TCU in a great football game week one of the season with 80 new players, 45 new scholarship players. I mean, I mean in, in these stories, and you're like, well, what happens if they lose to Nebraska this week? Like, okay, they lose to Nebraska this week. They won one game last year, were completely non-competitive. And it would be fair to say that Deion Sanders' method of, hey, I got some, I got some Louis luggage, I got some great luggage coming with me, and running guys off and doing so in what seemed like public fashion and the bizarre nature of the sold-out spring game when most of those guys weren't coming back anywhere. Like, it, that, was, that, that, that hit some people who are unaccustomed to the sport and how it actually works like cold water. But when you, when you talk it that much and then you walk it that soon, it deserves the praise. All right, let, this is, this is Pro Coach Prime after the game on the field, right after they beat TCU. What's up, boss? You believe now? You, you, hold on, hold on, hold on, oh no. Do you believe now? Huh? Oh no, no, no. I read through that bull junk you wrote down. I read through that. I sifted through all that. Yeah. Oh no, come on. Do you believe? You don't believe. You just answered it. You don't believe. Next question. All right, so that's that's after the game. He's sitting there at the press conference. And and I, I, I get that, you know, you could do individual segments on the incredible nature of the story, the surprise of the performance, or maybe that it's going to be hard for Shador even to get the acclaim that he deserves because all this stuff being said, if Shador Sanders couldn't play, they're dead in the water. That, that's just the reality of it. Right. That's the guy, that's the beacon, that's the quarterback. If he can't play, you, you got no shot. And he can play. But the 
also part of it is the defensive nature of Deion Sanders. Like, really? We're making reporters and writers in a post-game press conference all of a sudden bow at the altar at the altar of Deion Sanders because he won a football game? It's a bit much. It's a bit much. He also went on to say this about how he believes his style makes people uncomfortable. We're going we're gonna to continuously be questioned because we do things that have never been done. That's the way our life has presented themselves. We do things that have never been done, and that makes people uncomfortable. When you see a, a confident black man sitting up here talking his talk, walking his walk, coaching 75% African-Americans in the locker room, that's kind of threatening. Oh, they don't like that. But guess what? We're going to consistently do what we do because I'm here and ain't going nowhere. And I'm about to get comfortable in a minute. So the, the question becomes like, I don't think what he's saying in the first part of it is dead wrong, right? It is different to publicly state, hey, we're bringing in better players. Because privately, it's always stated when guys come in, man, we got to flip this roster. And especially now with the transfer portal and NIL and how dynamic a personality is in recruiting, like all of that is usually unspoken and he's spoken it. But I think the, 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 the place that he chose to go that I think is borderline ridiculous is the idea that because he's black, it makes people uncomfortable. Just, if we just study kind of the history of the sport, the big personality coach has always been discussed. I mean, Steve Spurrier did this exact same act at Florida and then at South Carolina. Right? Didn't publicly say, hell, we're going to bring in better players, but he used to, hell, we played Georgia, like playing first couple weeks of the season because they always got guys suspended. We've had guys walk it, uh, talk it, and then walk it. Right? The part we haven't had is the public, the public flipping of a roster. That's the part that's new. But the idea that, well, we're not ready for a confident black man, like, okay, let's look at the history. Four of Colorado's last five coaches, counting Dion, are actually black. Like, we're actually very accustomed to having an African-American head coach. The former star football player, the Hall of Famer, having the work ethic that Dion has to be a great coach, that's, that's not, that's, that's new. Right? That, that's not normal. The public flipping of the roster, that's new. It happens everywhere now, right? All these rosters are being flipped. This is the way of the world. But then there's the racial intonations, like, really? Is that really a portion of this? I think that's, if, if I was to list the things that make people uncomfortable... I would say running off college football players, regardless of what they do outside of playing football, it, it makes people uncomfortable. It just does. I would say the the use of God in every other sentence, right? I think that makes people uncomfortable. I think the idea, college football coaches, college coaches, you ask them, like they they have a reputation, which I don't believe is earned, but they have a reputation like that of the used car dealer. I mean, think about this for a second. Somebody, somebody walks up and says, what do you do for a living? I'm a college football coach. Like, ooh, yeah. Like, uh, I'm a 
to be a college football coach, you have a college degree, many times a secondary degree, and generally you help players achieve their dreams and goals and get a chance to play college football, maybe play professional football. That that is not that does not have a nefarious undertones. And yet somehow societally, we do look at it that way. A lot of that is, in all fairness, us in the media painting that picture. But if I was to list the things that make people uncomfortable, coaching your son, that can make people uncomfortable. I actually think the part that he's a black head coach and we're uncomfortable with a confident black man, I, I don't see that. But again, that's me. I've seen and appreciated Dion for the incredible dynamic personality and talent that he's been. And yeah, it was remains very reasonable to try and figure out just how good is Colorado. But my point would be, who cares? Right? They won the season even if they don't win every game this season. I mean, that's an incredible task. I don't care how good TCU becomes. I don't care that it's week one of the season. They may switch quarterbacks three times over before they get. It doesn't matter. They won one game last year. He came in from the FBS, which is the what? Not even, it. honestly, Jackson State is below like high level FBS level. Flipped the roster. And it wasn't just that they won. They looked really well coached. They looked like a team. And the quarterback, as well as a couple of the skill position guys, Travis Hunter looked like they can really play. That's the story. That's, to me, that's the story. Give me your thoughts. At at Gottlieb Show is the Twitter handle. Uh, We'll get to LSU taking the L and added to LSU. By the way, that was Collins, one of Collins' uh, national championship game picks. We can do the where Collins was right, where Collins was wrong. I actually think that just shows how difficult it is to know who's any good in college football. LSU may be really, really good by the end of the year. Florida State got way better at the end of the year, and look at what happened the first. Obviously, they didn't get embarrassed, but look at how they lost the first game last year. All right, happy Labor Day. If you have the day off, I'm sure you've earned it, so enjoy it. It is the unofficial end of summer, and, of course, we're getting you ready for the National Football League. I'm Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. Coming up next, R.J. Young's going to join us. Of course, he covers college football for Fox. I'll get his thoughts on Dion and what this does to change the landscape of college football and the Pac-12's going out of business sale is really kind of impressive. That's next. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is The Herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Wow. Happy Labor Day to you, Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. This is The Herd, Fox Sports Radio, iHeart. Radio app. Uh, by the way, uh, we will get into uh, Team USA falling flat to Lithuania at the end of pool play out in the World Cup a little bit later on the show. Plus, uh, Cooper Cup is getting uh, some form of second opinion as he continues to try and heal from uh, heal from his uh, hamstring injury, getting ready for week one of the season. We got some Messi and Beyonce news. Uh, some Brian Kelly sound for you. And, uh, oh, Aaron Rodgers at the U.S. Open had a uh, pretty clever, although felt a little dated IG post. Aaron, we, we do, we, we're aware of where you stand on the backs, but uh, all that upcoming. But first, let's welcome in R.J. Young. He's a national college football writer for FoxSports.com. And, of course, he has the number one show podcast, which, of course, covers college football. Um, what were your thoughts on the likelihood of Colorado's success going into Fort Worth over the weekend? Well, I picked them to win on Tuesday earlier in the week, not out of some sort of misguided faith, but just by taking a look at what they had done in the past, they being Coach Prime and the men that he brought in to coach those players, and just what kind of talent they had at their disposal. And knowing just what USC was able to do last year, Lincoln Riley turns four and eight into 11 wins and a cotton ball bid. And of course, Texas Christian turns five and seven into a national title runner up finish. Knowing what Prime was capable of at Jackson State, knowing the resources that he had available to him at Colorado, I felt good about them going into Texas Christian and getting their first true road game win since 1995 when they traveled up to Wisconsin to throttle them 43 to seven felt real good about it Doug. that's amazing I did I had no idea right and 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 the background of it is I think like most people it's like 
regardless of what the rankings look like, like they hadn't played a game together. They had all, they hadn't played spring football together. Like how is anyone going to know? But I think the biggest question I had honestly was for Shador, not because he wasn't awesome last year at Jackson state, but because it's Jackson state. And we had no idea what he would look like on a high major football field. Did you know he had that in him? Yeah, I did. Uh, number one, I made him my Heisman front runner in December of last year on the strength of two things. One, Caleb Williams going back-to-back is just really difficult to do because Heisman voters are fickle, and I have my issues with those voters, if not the award. Number two on that is there were only three players in all of FBS and FCS last year who passed for 3,500 yards, 40 TDs, and six interceptions or fewer. One of those is the Heisman winner. Another one of those, the number two overall pick in the NFL draft, C.J. Stroud. And the third was Shadour Sanders. Everything I know about his work ethic, everything I know about how he has learned to play the position and how he goes about preparing for games led me to believe that with Sean Lewis as the offensive coordinator, he's going to get lots of opportunities to throw the ball around. He got 47 against Texas Christian, and they're going to move the ball down the field if you give him time. The only question I think that anybody was right to ask wasn't about Shadour or Travis Hunter or even the skill positions. It was the offensive line. If they could give him time to operate, he was going to do just that, and they did give him time to operate because it's a veteran offensive line. I believe there are 69 starts among those guys and three grad transfers among those guys. They were ready to play. R.G. Young joining us. Uh, he's a national college football writer for Fox, the host of the number one show podcast. I, I would – and I – again, you live in Tulsa, okay? I've obviously spent a ton of time in Oklahoma in Big 12 country. It all revolves around the Metroplex, Dallas-Fort Worth, the Metroplex with all the talent in football. I, I, I mean – I feel like the Big 12 and, frankly, maybe even the SEC put on a bit of notice, not because Colorado is able to compete now, but, man, that's going to be a, a you know, a, uh, like a, a just a force of will of, of – it feels like for Deion Sanders now at, at Colorado, the wait till you see it, if you believe it, it will come to fruition. Now, bit one big win. And people can say it's week one of the season, but I would make the case that RG3 won the Heisman because of the first week and the last week of the season. The rest, there's just too many games on. That was the one game everybody's watching. Am I, am I crazy, RJ, to think that win completely changed the dynamic of recruiting in, in the DFW? No, you're not. Uh, you're right to say that it revolves around DFW. Me being from Tulsa means I follow a lot of Oklahoma football, and Dallas is home base for OU. That's how important it is to recruit that place in particular very well. And then I look at Texas as four different states, right? <laughs> You've got to get Dallas ball over there. And knowing that Prime is going to be basically back home, where he still owns a home in the Dallas-Fort Worth area to recruit guys is one thing. But it's another thing to know, he's not just going to get the talent that was already going to come to him because of who he is and what he's done in the past. He's going to get guys that were on the fence now. Like, that's what that win did. He's going to have his phone blowing up. He might need two or three to hold it down. The other way to look at this is they had a couple of really talented players who didn't even play on Saturday in Cormani McClain, one cornerback in 2023, and then out in McCaskill, who I think the world of is a tailback. They didn't even need him, and they went three deep at that position. Now to add that sort of talent, on top of what he may be able to get in the future. Yeah, Colorado is a problem for the future for the Big 12, if not the SEC. What do we make of the Big 12 and, frankly, the SEC 
and the, the, the losses sustained by each league? I made LSU number 14 in my preseason ranking, and I caught hell for it, right? But I asked this question honestly. When's the last time you saw a top-five program give up 45 to anybody in week one? And the answer is actually Oklahoma in 1968. It's been that long. I also looked and I saw North Carolina put a hurting on South Carolina. Utah put a hurting on Florida. We're not used to seeing the middle and the bottom of the SEC look as vulnerable as it did in week one. Now, Alabama is still Alabama, and Georgia is still Georgia. I think Tennessee is a great football team. But after those three, I think they could lose to anybody. Like, Ole Miss has got Tulane coming up this weekend, and I wouldn't be shocked to find out that Michael Pratt has something to show them in Oxford. I'm also looking around and going, man, what, what a time for the Pac-12 to come together, right? They, they become the first conference to go 13-0 in week one, and it's their last year together. But it might also be the first time that they get a team into the college football playoff since Washington in 2016. So I'm watching them closely, and I'm really watching to see how the rest of the SEC comes together around perhaps what is a surging Florida State and certainly what I think is going to be a capable Clemson to say nothing of what the hell is going on up at the Big Ten with Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State in particular. Yeah, it's interesting, though. Like, I will caution people. The Pac-12, it, it looks great, and I understand that, it, you know, that – that there were some bizarre losses uh, from the Big 12, even heck, Purdue losing at home to to Fresno, right? There was some, on the other hand, like, tell me the, tell me the, the opponent that could have won any of those games, you know? It's like, all right, I mean, SC's played two nobodies. Um, everybody kind of played a nobody. And granted, they didn't lose any games, but like, let's catch our breath and see what happens when they step up in level of competition. The best win well, Utah at home against Florida, and we have no idea how good Florida, and obviously the Colorado win, uh, a team that they're losing to the Big 12. R.J. Young joining us, uh, of course, National College Football Writer for Fox. What, what, what do we make of Penn State? You know, the Big 10 has been about Ohio State and Michigan for the past half to full decade, with Penn State kind of lingering. What do we make of Penn State in their desire to get into that discussion? Two things. They started really slowly, and they had a bunch of us going, really, Penn State? You look great in uniforms, but you're going to have a close game, if not lose to West Virginia after the first half. I think it was 14-7. to And then we got to see Drew Allard come alive. Like, that dude going for 325 was the best news for Penn State fans across the board because you knew what you had in the backfield. Nick Singleton and Catron Allen are dudes. You even knew that Dante Cephas was going to be able to help you on the outside. You knew that Manny Diaz's defense was going to find a way to continue to play great football. But – Knowing that you finally got a quarterback that for the first time since probably Trace McSorley makes you feel like you can go for 300 a game and you don't have to depend on the defense and the run game to bail you out, that feels good. And as bad as West Virginia looks, it's not necessarily an awful football team, right? They're not supposed to win that game. And talked about it a little bit. Neil Brown's kind of up against it. But I think, like everybody else, you're right to reserve your opinion until Penn State gets Michigan at home. Remember, they got embarrassed by Michigan at the Big House last year. That's one to circle. And then they had Ohio State on the ropes last year. JT Tuimolau had a game of games, and they ended up losing that game, right? But the third-best team in the Big Ten last year won the Rose Bowl last year, and that's Penn State. I think they're right there. We just have to wait and see. Uh, Florida State, in my lifetime, and obviously you're younger than me, but um, among the – the greatest runs in the history of any sport, 14 straight years finishing in the top five of the country. 
is remarkable. And while people talk about the ACC being down, whatever, it really comes down to three or four programs, right? Florida State, Virginia Tech, Clemson, and Miami. Right? If, if, those, if three of those four are good, the league is going to be a legit top two league in the country. And that's just the reality of it. It's just like the Big Ten, right? It, it took Michigan being back in order to make that conference more legitimate among, uh, among the tops, top two in the country. Um, what do you make of Florida State and the dominant finish against LSU last night? I felt that was more about LSU either folding or just not having it in the bag than it was Florida State taking it from them. I know how it looks on the scoreboard, and I know that Jordan Travis and Keon Coleman came alive, particularly in the second half when I think they scored 31 unanswered points to really put that game out of reach. But we're talking about a Florida State team that had seven penalties in the first quarter and was adamant about giving the ball back to LSU. And Jaden Daniels was the only dude out there that was absolutely making plays for them offensively. And then, you know, you're playing without Mason Smith. I think you play that game again, it's probably much closer. I don't know if the outcome changes, but I still think that right now, having not seen Clemson play, Florida State has to prove to me later this month, as a matter of fact, that they can go beat Clemson before I can anoint them as the heir apparent to that conference's fortunes in the college football playoff. Now, in regard to Bob Tech and Miami, yeah, I'm not that much older than you because I remember you didn't go into Blacksburg and expect to win when Frank Beamer was there. You, you just didn't do it, right? You didn't expect to beat Florida State at all when Coach Bowden was there to say nothing of what it's been in the last 10 years. And I honestly remember that Miami 2001 is one of my favorite football teams of all time, but the chasm between Florida State, Clemson, and everybody else is there. I don't care what you want to tell me about North Carolina. They have to be able to close that up, or one of those teams is going to have to absolutely run the table, as Clemson has done in the past, for us to take them seriously. But you're right, right? It's those four teams that we care about, but only two of those teams, I think, are capable of carrying the mantle in 2023. RJ, um, I, I, you, you cover ODU football. That's how you, you cut your teeth. Um, I mean, they just obliterated Arc State. Is there, are there any takeaways from that game? Though? I mean, just such a Arc State is such a debacle, and OU looked great. But are there any legit takeaways from it? Pardon me if my voice rises, because I understand that my voice does not always match my face. But <laughs> goodness me, Doug, you put a goose egg up. You know, I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if it's an FCS opponent putting zeros up in the scoreboard is the thing at Oklahoma. That has been the missing ingredient for the past 15 years. Oklahoma didn't get beat in the college football playoff because it couldn't score points. It got beat in the college football playoff because it couldn't stop other people from scoring points. Now, I understand that Arkansas State is down. I understand that Butch Jones was even taking a knee toward the end of the game because he brick by brick got bit in the head. But it is impossible to overlook that defense pitching a shutout at a time when they could have let up, right? It's 45-0 at halftime. I did not expect them to come out there and keep up the intensity through the twos and the threes. That is exciting. Now, they were 3-0 and before they got into the conference play last year, and we saw how that went. So I'm trying to temper my expectations just a little bit. But that is the one thing I take from that. I don't care about 73 points against Arkansas State. I care about you didn't surrender a single point in week one. That's outstanding. Um, okay, we're going to see Clemson tonight. Uh, and, you know, you finally, for, for Clemson, you got uh, Cade Kublik, who who most people thought, like, had he started all last year, maybe the outcome would have been different. But I, I feel like, you know, now you got Florida State to win. If Clemson is back to where they were four years ago, 
doesn't it completely change the entire dynamic of how we look at these conferences in terms of SEC, then Big Ten, and then looking for that third league? Like, if Clemson is Clemson and Florida State is anywhere near competitive, ACC's right there, aren't they? I think you're right. I think that it's really going to be about running the table for one of those two teams. Like, that's how Texas Christian got in despite losing the Big 12 championship. We're giving a lot more credence to Power 5 teams that can run the table 12-0 and 0 than we had in the past. Even Ohio State could lose a, a bad game to Michigan and still get in there based on what they had done going 11-0. and 0. So I think, yeah, you've you got something there. I'd also add here, Clemson won 10 games last year in what was a transition year for them, right? Like, that's amazing. And when they're having a quarterback derby going into November, they're still good enough to go and win 10 games. That ought to terrify most. I'll add in here, Cade Klubnick was – a five-star quarterback at Austin Westlake and beat Quinn Ewers, who's the starting quarterback at Texas in the state championship game and was throwing passes to Jaden Greathouse, who is the best wide receiver at a really great Notre Dame team as a true freshman right now. What I'm saying is with Garrett Riley and Will Shipley and Cade Klubnick, I have no reservations about whether or not the offense is going to find its pulse and be good. Whether or not Wes Goodwin can keep that defense doing what it did last year, I'll ask about that. But he had two preseason AP All-Americans at linebacker on that team. That's one of the reasons I'm still all in on Clemson. It's They've done this before. They know how to do this from the past. Florida State is probably going to try to go places that they haven't been in 10 years, and certainly Mike Norvell and that group has never been. So I'm really interested to see how badly if they do, if they beat Duke, I'm just going to say, hey, Duke, I don't expect you to win this game. I'm not going to hold it against you. But if Clemson puts up 45 and surrender seven, yeah, we're probably going to look at Clemson as that third team or Florida State as that third team or, to your point, ACC as that third league that gets into the college football playoff. But, hey, man, unless you think there's two SEC teams or two Big Ten teams getting in there, that still leaves some room for the Big 12 and the Pac-12 to try to find a way, and that's exciting. Great stuff. R.J. Young, check out his podcast. It's really, really good. Guy has a ton of knowledge and obviously passion for college football. Cut the number one show and read his work at foxsports.com. R.J., great stuff, man. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate you having me on, Doug. Have a good Monday. Let's get to Herdline News with Jason Stewart. Jay Stewart, what do you got? No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Hello, Doug. Hello, Jason. Um, big weekend in Los Angeles. 22,000-plus fans at uh, BMO Stadium to watch LAFC against uh, Leo Messi's pink team uh, from Miami. Star-studded affair. Prince Harry was there, Doug. Leonardo DiCaprio. Edward Norton. I saw Selena Gomez. Um, You know who else was in town this weekend? Beyonce. And And the Braves. And the Braves were in town. Oh, the Braves were in town too. Ronald Acuna. I mean, you had this is this is one of those things, right? Where where we can be. People are often critical of like, well, U.S. like USC. That wasn't totally full against Nevada. But I mean, think about it. You got a weekend. Right? It's Labor Day weekend. A lot of people, you can go out of town. You can go to the, you know, you can get out of town. You go to the river. You can go. Don't go to Burning Man. That was a bit of, people are still stuck there. But if you stay in town, you had Beyonce, Messi, or Braves Dodgers at the ravine. All within probably, what, 10 miles of each other? Yeah. No, crazy. Um, now, people at the soccer game paid more than $700 on the secondary market. I'm guessing the Beyonce tickets were upwards of that range. I don't know about you, Doug, but I kind of put these two in the same category. Um, I respect Messi. I respect the accomplishments. I respect his art. I respect his craft. 
Same with Beyonce. I really do. I respect what she has done. There seems like a, there's a butt coming. I have no interest in seeing them live, especially paying upwards of 700 bucks. You? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say the, the, the messy thing only in that, you know, it's like one of those, like, would you like to see maybe the greatest soccer player of all time? Like, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, would I pay that much for? Like, no, no. I mean, it's also like varsity versus JV. They'd be like, oh, my God, he's amazing. Well, he's not what he used to be, but he's playing against such a much lower level. It's like, you know, again, it's like watching one of these pros come down and play against college kids. Like, it's not really a fair fight. Okay, would I would I pay money? Probably not, with the exception of if you have kids or you just want to say, hey, I did go see if not the greatest, one of the five, ten greatest soccer players of all time. That would be the only one. The Beyonce thing, no. I mean, if you have somebody who re- is really into it, but no, there's no, what's the, no. Because it's not going to be her last tour, right? And is there a recent song that you want to go see in person? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's a great tour. I'm sure it's a great show. But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. You know who doesn't pay to go see uh, sporting events or me Taylor Swift concerts? Or... <laughs> oh well, that, I mean, that one you can't yeah. avoid. Yes, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm guessing he got his comped U.S. Open ticket yesterday. I think it's a, the last thing he's going to do in New York before the football season starts. He's gone to every single event in town. Now he uh, he made some waves last night. He on his Instagram he posted a picture of Djokovic with the Moderna advertisement behind him as he's ready to serve. Well, uh, clever Aaron Rodgers crossed out Moderna and he hashtagged, what was it? Uh, some kind of uh, Novax Djokovic. This sounds kind of like an old joke. Like in, you know, like in 1999 when someone had like a where's the beef joke and you're like, nah, where, where have you been in the last few years, my man? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious that but but I would also say it's playing to his core audience, isn't it? Oh, it is. They love this. That is song. this is leaning into it, leaning into New York, leading in, leaning into the he was in Green Bay forever and didn't have anything to do, and now you have everything to do. He's a man about town. He's always smiling. He's different, and then leading into the it's you can try and say you weren't anti-vax guy, but you're anti-vax guy, anti-vax guy. Got it. Noted. Not a surprise. And that's uh, that's uh, Jason Stewart with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. I'm Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. This is The Herd. The Rams look to be in for, um, oh, man, a long season, including one of the best players in the sport doing something which you only do when you don't get good news. What is it? Find out next in The Herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. This is Steve Covino. And Rich Davis. And together, we are Covino and Rich. Covino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, That's right. Covino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Covino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun humor 
power and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Happy Labor Day to you. If you have Labor Day off, you've earned it. I'm Doug Gottlieb. I'm in for Colin Cowherd. Calling back tomorrow. Fired up to recap college football's week one and get you ready for the kickoff of the National Football League. Speaking of the kickoff of the NFL season, uh, the NFC West went from dominant division to at the bottom, right? Arizona with the no-name, uh, no-name players, no-name offense. And a coach who gave a laughably bad pump up, did you drive here or take the bus here speech? And then you have the LA Rams, who just two years ago won a Super Bowl. Last year, it was a bit of a mess. This year, wow, doesn't look great. You have Matt Stafford, whose wife Kelly outed him as being out of touch with his young teammates. You have a team that for the last half decade has told us Draft picks don't matter. Only now to tell us, no, we said that before because we were kidding. All our draft picks matter. And then Cooper Cup's Super Bowl two years ago. The final drive, which was 
all Cooper Cup, I believe will go down as one of the great individual performances in the 50-plus years of the Super Bowl when we kind of catch our breath. Right? Because there's a lot of, like, and Dom can, I mean, uh, not again, Dom can sue, um, uh, what's this, uh, off a defensive line, why am I uh, blanking? Aaron Donald. I'm Aaron Donald, incredible performance. Matt Stafford, good performance, right? But Cooper Cup won in that game. That's why he was the MVP. So Ian Rappaport of the NFL media reports that Cooper Cup has traveled to Minnesota to see a, quote, noted body specialist to further understand his hamstring issue. The goal per the report is to determine what's the root of the issue. Remember, Cooper Cup's had two pulled hamstrings this summer. I mean, I could tell you that like once you get to 30 years old, you start pulling your hamstring. I'm guessing a lot of it is something in terms of tightness in his back or maybe the overall body. But what it strikes me as is, do you realize no one ever gets a second opinion on good news? If Cooper Cup, the week of the season, is getting a second opinion, that's not good news for the Rams. The boundlessly capable EQS SUV from Mercedes-Benz take, ele- takes electric to places it's never been before. And that's not only because it's impressive 305-mile range. From behind the wheel, it's sumptuous three-row cabin. You'll enjoy the most tech available other automakers only dream of. Got the 51-inch hyperscreen. Wow. Um, and the off-road mode, optional, transparent hood technology lets you navigate safely around hazards They're actually beneath you. Yes, the EQS SUV is so smart, it can see through sheet metal. The vehicle is all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Test drive the EQS SUV today at your local dealer. Learn more at mbusa.com slash EQS. I'm Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. This is The Herd. Do we realize what a weird start to the NFL season Thursday night's going to become? Yes, the Chiefs are going to kick it off. They're defending Super Bowl champions. But have we looked at the other side of the field and realized, ah, I'll explain next. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is The Hurt. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. 
So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.